We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chris Carlin on 98.7 ESPN. Jonathan Macri, Nick's Film School podcast, the KFS YouTube channel. He's a great follow on Twitter if you're a Knicks fan at KC. What is it? Give me the right thing here. I want to make sure I get it right. KC Macri NBA. It's JC Macri NBA. JC Macri NBA at uh, on Twitter. By all means, follow him there. JC Macri NBA. Jonathan Macri joins us right now. How you doing, man? We appreciate the time. I appreciate you having me on. You know, um, I think like the rest of the city, uh, I feel like what have I been doing for the last eight years? Doesn't even matter at this point. We're, we're here. We're two days away. Uh, they got a real chance against this team. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's a series that's coming along at the right time for the city, and it, it's the right team at the right time. Jonathan, when you looked at the potential matchups, did you feel exactly, as I think most Nick fans did, that – this was by far going to be their best opportunity to win a first-round series. Well, I'm not going to say by far um, because I think they would have. I think they would have had a shot at um, Milwaukee had they gotten that matchup. But for me, this is a very clear kind of be careful what you wish for uh, situation. I, I, don't get me wrong; I think they do have a better chance to beat the Hawks. Um, but I think a lot of Knicks fans are looking at that three and zero record during the regular season. You know, and kind of looking at Trey Young and how he's maybe not going to get some of those calls in the playoffs that he does get during the regular season and think this is going to be a cakewalk. Um, this is a really good Hawks team. Um, they could beat you in a lot of ways. It, it's not the best matchup, uh, you know, for them at least because of Julius Randle, who I'm sure we're going to get into. But in terms of their offense, um, I, I don't know that the Knicks have really seen the full Hawks arsenal yet this year because they've had some injuries. They obviously had a coaching change. And I think they're going to have their handfuls here. Handfuls here. 
Jonathan Mack rejoins us right now of Nick's Film School podcast in the KFC uh, KFS rather YouTube channel. By all means, check him out on Twitter at JC Macri NBA. And Jonathan, I look at the Knicks with Julian Julius Randall in this situation, and I wonder for a guy that's had forty in two of the three games against this team, what exactly they could do differently to frustrate him when he's going to be option frankly, one and two for the Knicks. What do you expect to see with how they will handle him defensively? I think you're going to see two things because if you look at some of the the Hawk defenders that they've thrown on him um, throughout most of these games, guys like John Collins, um, you know, Solomon Hill, um, you know, even trying some of their wings against him. I mean, he looks at those guys and it's just, it's burnt chicken all the way. Um, Clint Capella is a guy who is in the all defense conversation. Um, you know, he will probably get some defensive player of the year, uh, votes. I think they're going to give a, a fair amount of time to Capella, um, on Randall. The thing is Capella is obviously a center. So that creates this really interesting trickle down effect of, okay, if you have Capella coming out to try to guard Randall, who can now take it out to the three point arc, obviously that takes away your last line of defense. And then for New York, can they try to exploit that by, um, you know, putting a point guard on the floor or someone who could maybe take advantage of Trey Young? The other thing that I would expect the Knicks to do, or excuse me, the Hawks to do, is throw some hard doubles at Randall. Uh, we saw some teams resort to that over the the latter part of the year. Um, for the most part, Randall makes the right play, um, you know, but he can be had for some turnovers. I'm curious to see how early they go to that and, and who do they double him with. Um, and then it comes down to, you know, the Knicks making three-point shots, which, to their credit, um, they finished the year tied for, for second in uh, three-point conversion rate. And against this Hawks team, they hit almost 50% of their threes in these three games. So they've done it so far. It's just a question of whether they'll, they'll be able to continue to do it. You look at the Alfred Payton situation. What do you make of it? Yeah. I was having such a good time talking to you, Chris. Really. You know, I said this to um, Alan earlier today. It's like a curse. It's like an actual curse word now to say his name, unfortunately. It, yeah, I mean, Elf is only three letters. It's not four, but it's, it's close enough. <laughs> um, look, uh, I, I've, I, you know, my own podcast, we, we theorize up and down about why does he keep getting the starts. Um, I think Thibodeau just likes to have the rest of the rotation in order, and he doesn't want to upset the apple cart that much. Here's the thing about Alfred Payton. They gave him against this Atlanta team a ton of looks. He was third against the Hawks this year in shot attempts. Unfortunately, unlike uh, Randall and, and RJ and basically everybody else on the Knicks team, he didn't hit very many of them. I think he was 35% during the three games. And he's really lost his confidence now over the last uh, few weeks, as anyone who's watching Nick Payton can see. Um, I think he will get the start in game one. Um, I do not think that necessarily means he's going to keep getting the start. For me, though, the bigger concern with Peyton, and this may surprise some folks, is actually on defense. Um, because against him, Trey Young really actually had his biggest, uh, his best success against the Knicks. And I, I question whether or not Elford is really the best option to start out against uh, Young if they do keep the starting lineup the same. I'd be curious if they throw R.J. Barrett on Young for a little bit of time, and even Reggie Bullock, who's had a, an outstanding year on defense. 
Jonathan Macri with us of Nick's Boom School podcast and KFS YouTube channel. By all means, check it out. Go subscribe. It's outstanding stuff. He does a great job breaking down the Knicks. When you look at option number two beyond Randall, who is it in a playoff series right now? Well, I think for a lot of Knicks fans, you know, the easy answer is R.J. Barrett, right? Because, you know, he was a year removed from being the third pick in the draft. He upped his uh, his stat line across the board this season. He obviously had an outstanding year for three. Um, he ended up being one of the best, I think actually the best uh, corner three-point shooter from the left corner in the entire league this year when you talk about volume and, and proficiency. Um, I'm going to go with Derrick Rose, though, uh, for two reasons. One, R.J. Barrett over the course of the last uh, month or so has struggled a little bit from inside the arc. He's still hitting his threes, obviously, at a great rate. Um, that's one. And two, you know, it seems like a lifetime ago, um, but Rose, once upon a time, was in some real playoff wars. Uh, he's had multiple playoff series against LeBron James, um, first with the uh, with the Heat and, and uh, then with the Cavs. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think we've seen down the stretch of this season – the institutional memory, I'll call it, of Derrick Rose. When when it gets... If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts tight in these games and like the Knicks need a bucket you know he doesn't always come through but he's really put that second unit especially on his back and I think he's given them a real like a number two punch to Randall I think the biggest question to ask you know watching moving forward is do the Knicks risk getting bogged down in one-on-one too much because Randall and Rose have had such good seasons especially Rose down the stretch um, you know, that's when some of the ball movement stops. I think as long as they keep that up and as long as they keep kicking out to the open three-point shooters, I think that's where they're, they're at their best, and I hope they, they uh, continue to commit to doing that throughout the entire series. Flip side, what are they going to do defensively against Trey Young? In the three games, they have contained him just in terms of his effectiveness in shooting the ball at 36% and 21 behind the arc. Yeah, he's only hit three pointers against uh, three 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 pointers against them uh, this year. But here's the thing about Young that I don't think a lot of people realize: he hasn't had a really great year from deep. He's only shot 34 percent from yeah. from long range this season. Um, you know, that said, he's a guy that can really cause you a lot of problems. And the and the the tough part with Young is that it's not as much the three point shooting or even the floater game, which he has one of the best floater games um, in the league. 
it's his ability to create offense by throwing lobs to his two big men. Uh, Clint Capella, who I mentioned before, is the center, and then John Collins, who's a power forward. Now, Collins struggles on defense, which is why it's kind of a gift and a curse to have him out there. But um, talking about Capella for a second, uh, let me put it this way. There have been 27 players this year that have scored at least 50 points against the Knicks. Um, the guys with the three highest averages who have scored at least 50 points – one of them, two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The other one, Nikola Jokic. And then the guy who's on top of that list is Clint Capella. He has <laughs> hit almost 70% of his shots. Yeah, more than Giannis, more than Jokic um, against the Knicks this year. And that's because they're missing Mitchell Robinson. They've missed him for the last two matchups. Without Mitch, and look, I love Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel has done a great job. Taj Gibson, great vet. Um, it's really tough to stop this guy. He's long. He jumps really high. And Trey Young has touch on these passes to him at the rim that the Knicks really don't have a great way of stopping him. You know, it's you know not to sound like Tom Thibodeau, but it's just going to take a lot of effort. They got to get into Young early when he tries to snake these pick and rolls um, and, and make life difficult for Capella before he could just you know kind of jump up and, and throw these uh, slams down. Jonathan Macri with us, Knicks Film School podcast. Check it out. And, of course, KFS YouTube channel as well. It's great stuff for any Knicks fan. Follow him on Twitter at NBA. If you are in a position late in a game and you have a chance, you know, final shot, last 10, 15 seconds, and Julius Randle is getting that hard double that you alluded to earlier, who do you want taking the shot? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'll say this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hedge a little bit. I'm allowed one hedge, right? Sure. I, I want the ball in Derrick Rose's hands uh-huh. um, because of what I said earlier, because right. he's been there before. And, and I know at least if the ball's in his hands that, you know, you're going to have that experience factor, you know, pointing to a game down the stretch of the season where um, they played the, the Pelicans, they were down three late. He got the ball at the top of the key, faked like he was going to put it up, and then at the last second kicked to Reggie Bullock for an open three. Right. I think the Knicks have a number of guys that could hit that big shot. I think Bullock could hit a big shot. I think if it's a three-pointer, RJ could hit it. Even, you know, that's not crazy to say, Emmanuel quickly, I know he's a rookie. He doesn't play like a rookie. Um, he's been slumping a little bit of late. I trust Rose to make that decision. Um, you know, in the end, if you're asking me if I, if I need – one guy to come through with a shot if it's not going to be Randall. I would actually like the ball coming off of Bullock's hands. He's had an outstanding year, um, especially since the break. Uh, he's been one of the top five or six three-point shooters in the league, um, considering his volume and conversion rate. I think he's going to play a big role in this series on both ends. All right. Jonathan, prediction, where's this going, and how long will it take? I... The only thing that would shock me about this series is if it ended in four or five games. Um, I think it's almost certainly going to go six. My own personal opinion, I think it goes seven games. Um, I think both of these teams are, like I said, they're good. Um, I do think the Hawks have more talent, top to bottom. Um, but I think the Knicks have two advantages that are going to carry the day. Well, three advantages. One, um, they have the best player in the series, Julius Randle. Um, two, I think they are the tougher team, um, mentally tougher. I think they're physically tougher. And, and to that end, I think they have the better coach. And then the last thing, I mean, 
15,000 fans in the building. I, you know, I, how, you never know how an opposing player, an opposing team is going to react to that down the stretch of a, of a close game. Um, I'm counting on a New York crowd to make a difference in some of these games. I, I think they're going to pull out in seven games. Will you be there on Sunday? <laughs> um, no, I, I, uh, I have unfortunately a little bit too much uh, pre and post game responsibilities to <laughs> to do uh, with my with my YouTube channel. Which again, check out Nixville School YouTube channel. Um, you can join me uh, after the game for my post game live stream. We uh, we take uh, questions and the whole thing. But uh, you can be sure I, I will be uh, watching it. That's that's for certain. Jonathan, awesome stuff, man. Thanks for popping on. We'll get you on again, uh, you know, later in the series or maybe in round two. Absolutely, Chris. I really appreciate the time, man. No problem. Jonathan Macri, Knicks Film School podcast. It is great Knicks content and the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. Follow him on Twitter at JC Macri NBA. You're listening to Chris Carlin on 98.7 ESPN.